Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with God Knows Your Heart as we pick up in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 12. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Doth not he that pondereth the heart considereth it? And he that keeps the soul, does he not know it? And shall not he render every man according to his works? You know, you can't beg off your responsibility because God knows your heart. God knows what's in your mind. And you may try to excuse your actions. Oh, I didn't know. But yet God is going to ponder your heart. God knows what's in your mind. God will render every man according to his works. Render to every man. My son, eat honey because it's good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to your taste. And so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto your soul when you have found it. Then there shall be a reward, and the expectation shall not be cut off. How sweet is a nugget of truth. How sweet it is to get understanding from the Lord on a particular thing. It's just as sweet as honey is into your mouth. There's a sweetness in your soul when you gain knowledge and wisdom. Lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place, for a just man falleth seven times, but he will rise up again, but the wicked will fall into mischief. We may fall, but thank God we rise again. I've often said there isn't any great evil in falling unless you just lie there. Everybody stumbles. Everybody falls. None of us are perfect, and God knows that we're not perfect. He knows our frame, that we're but dust. We usually expect more out of ourselves than God expects. And we're usually harder on ourselves than God is. We get so disappointed when we have fallen. We get so disappointed when we have failed. It doesn't disappoint God at all. He knew all the time we were going to stumble. It was just I was expecting more out of myself than God is. And God doesn't judge or condemn when you stumble. It's only when you lie there. God understands. He has great patience with us. Even as you have great patience in teaching your child to walk, you expect your child to stumble. You expect your child to fall. Oh, of course you will do your best to keep your child from falling, but there are those times when the child is learning to walk and he falls. Now, a wise parent won't, get all excited and scream and run over and say, oh, are you all right, all right? And you just say, well, get up now, honey, you know, try again. If you show all fear and excitement, then the child will get excited and start to cry and get discouraged. But you say, well, that was great. You did real well. You took five steps before you stumbled. That's good. And you encourage the child to go again. Now, God is teaching us to walk, and we stumble, and we get all discouraged. Oh, I tried so hard. 
failed again. And God is saying, hey, that was a good try. Let's go at it again. Now here's where you made your mistake. You got your eyes off of me. You got them on the waves. That's why you began to sink. And the Lord picks us up, dusts us off, and sets us up again. He's so patient with us. He's so understanding with us. And if the righteous falls seven times, he's going to rise again. Now, here's a hard one. Rejoice not when your enemy falls. And let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. Lest the Lord see it and it displease him and he turns his way as wrath from him. <laughs> now, that's not too good a motivation <laughs> not to rejoice. You know, if you rejoice, God may take it, you know, take it off. So don't rejoice and let God just continue to whip him. <laughs> Fret not thyself because of evil men. Remember Psalms 37? It seems like this is probably something that Solomon picked up from his father, David. Fret not thyself, David said, for evildoers, for they shall be cut off. Now fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious at the wicked, for there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. Don't be envious of them. They're going to be cut off. My son, fear thou the Lord and the king, and meddle not with them that are given to change. For their calamity shall rise suddenly, and who knows the ruin of them both. These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to have respect of persons in judgment. He that saith to the wicked, Thou art righteous, him shall the people curse, nations shall abhor him. But to them that rebuke him shall be delight, and a good blessing shall come upon them. Every man shall kiss his lips that gives a right answer. Prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field and afterwards build your house. Now be not a witness against your neighbor without cause and deceive not with thy lips. Say not, I will do so to him as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. Don't say that. That's so often that I'm going to do to him what he did to me. Boy, was we grew up with kids always. I just did to him what he did to me, you know. God said, don't say that. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Now, from 30 on, we have uh, Ode to the Slothful Man. <laughs> I went to the field of a slothful and by the vineyard of the man who is void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall was broken down. Now, you that have been over into the land, you can picture this, all of those stone walls that are around the vineyards and, uh, and all, and some of the, they are set usually in such neat order, but the slothful man, the stone wall is broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and I received instruction. 
a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, and so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. The lesson from the slothful. Now, in chapter 25, these proverbs were gathered by Hezekiah when he became king. And they were added to the books of Proverbs by Hezekiah's scribes. During the period of Hezekiah's reign, it was a period of national revival. Prior to Hezekiah, the kingdom had reached a low point. As Hezekiah began to reign, there was a real spiritual revival, and it was a national movement among the people. And as is true in all spiritual revivals, there is an interest, a concern, and a returning to the Word of God. Where you see people really interested in the Word of God, you know that there is a revival that is happening because a revival always brings a renewed interest in the Word of God. And so Hezekiah's scribes began to search for the Word of God, search for the Scriptures. And they found these Proverbs and they added them to the book of Proverbs. So 25.1 explains it all. These are also Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied. So they found these and they copied them and added them to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs of Solomon, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. How much God has concealed of his own wisdom and understanding and, and power and might. The secrets of the universe concealed by God. Yet the honor of the king is to search out a matter. The heaven for height, the earth for depth, and the heart of the king is unsearchable. Four and five stand together. Take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer. Take away the wicked from before the king, and his throne shall be established in righteousness. So the removal of the dross. Now we know that the day is coming when God is going to test our works by fire and the dross to be purged as we stand before the king. And he will establish then his kingdom in righteousness. All of the dross will be taken away. Put not forth thyself in the presence of a king and stand not in the place of great men, for better it is that it be said unto thee, Come up hither, then you should be put in a lower in the presence of the prince whom thine eyes have seen. Now, Jesus said, when you're bidden to come to a feast, don't go and take the most honorable table and, and the honorable chair. Sit in a, in, in a lesser place. It's much, much better 
to have the host come and say to you, oh, come up and sit up here, rather than to be sitting in the place of prominence and the host come up and say, hey, buddy, you're in the wrong place. Get down there, you know. So Jesus really is more or less taking from Solomon. Better it be said unto thee, come up hither, then you should be put in the lower place in the presence of the prince. Don't be in a hurry. Don't go out quickly to strive. Lest you know not what to do in the end thereof when your neighbor has put thee to shame. Debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself and discover not a secret to another. Lest he that heareth it put thee to shame and your infamy Turn not away. Verse 11, very picturesque. A word that is fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Now, I don't know if that's golden delicious apples in a silver pitcher, but that would look awful good, you know. But a word fitly spoken. Some people have the gift of saying the right thing at the right time. You know, you can have a very explosive kind of a situation. Everybody is tense. And somebody with this gift just comes along and, and says the right thing, and it just diffuses the whole scene. And you think, whew, you know, you're just, you're just expecting the whole thing to go. And, and this word that is fitly spoken, how glorious it is. God grant to us this gift of saying the right thing at the right time. Now, I don't know why it is that so many times, though we know the right thing to say, it's hard to say it. Now, what kind of a perversity is that? when I know to say the right thing, and yet I have difficulty saying it. Now, even with my own wife, I oftentimes have difficulty in saying to her what I know I should say. And I don't know why I have this difficulty. It's some kind of a block of the inability to say the right thing at the right time. There are so many times when we could change the whole atmosphere if we would just say the right thing. A word fitly spoken. How glorious it is. And yet, many times, even when we know that word, we don't say it. Now, that's no virtue. In fact, that's probably evil. To let something simmer when you, by a word fitly spoken, could stop it. Dumb perversity of our own hearts, I don't know. But God loves me and I like that. But I get so angry with myself sometimes because I know what I should do, but I don't. An earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover to an obedient ear. 
As the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is the faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. <laughs> Whoso boasteth himself of a false gift is like clouds and wind without rain. And by long forbearing is a prince persuaded, and a soft tongue breaketh the bone. Have you found honey? Eat as much as is sufficient for thee, lest you be filled and vomit it. Here's an interesting one. Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee and so hate thee. <laughs> you know, you just sit there and sit there and sit there, and they've got things that they want to do, and you're not moving. Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house. A man that bears false witness against his neighbor is a maul, a sword, and a sharp arrow. Confidence in an unfaithful man in the time of trouble is like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. He that takes away a garment in cold weather and as vinegar upon nitre so is he that sings songs to a heavy heart. Hmm. You ever put vinegar in, in um, baking soda? Right, you know it. Vinegar upon nitre. So is he that sings songs to a person with a heavy heart. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. Paul quotes this in Romans chapter 12, 15. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. Now, what does that mean? I am certain that the heaping of the coals of fire is not a bad thing. There's probably something that has to do with their customs that would give you a better understanding of what it means to heap coals of fire upon their head. But it doesn't mean to really crown them with hell, you know. Some have suggested that it will cause them to burn with shame. In other words, if your enemy is hungry and you feed him, if he is thirsty and you give him a drink, you cause him to burn with shame. The Lord will reward you. Uh, my motive for doing it shouldn't be that I really heap coals of fire upon his head, you see. My motive in doing it should be really kind and generous. The north wind dries away the rain and so does an angry countenance, a backbiting tongue. Someone is backbiting, just give them a dirty look. It'll stop them. Angry countenance and backbiting tongue drives it away. It is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a white house. Now, we already dealt with that one, but these men who were scribes copied it. They evidently got a kick out of that one. 
As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. A righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. It is not good to eat much honey, so for men to search their own glory is not glory. And then the last one, he that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls. A man that has no rule over his own spirit, a man who is always losing his temper. He's like a defenseless city, a city that is broken down without walls. Oh, God, help us to rule over our own spirits. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Proverbs on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Proverbs 24 through 25 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord enrich you in all good things in Christ Jesus. May He fill you with the knowledge of His love and His grace. And may you walk in fellowship with Him through the week. And may the Lord continue His work in your life as He draws you unto Himself as He cleanses you through His Word, as He fits you and prepares you for that work that He would have you to do in touching the needy world around you. God bless you. God strengthen you and keep you ever in His love and in His will. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. It is my great pleasure to present Pastor Chuck's commentary on the book of Acts. The Acts of the Apostles is an open-ended book. Jesus continues even to the present day to work in the lives of people throughout the world through those who have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. This book also includes a special foreword written by Pastor John Corson. We studied the book of Acts, but we never saw the book of Acts. 
but we were seeing the moving of the Holy Spirit. Calvary Chapel family, may you always be known as a people who pray in Jesus' name, that it would be Jesus Christ, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. May the Jesus movement continue on. To order a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, The Acts Commentary, please call the word for today at 1-800-272-9673 or visit us online to read a sneak preview of the book by visiting thewordfortoday.org.